Person of Interest Podcast, episode number four, The Man with the Plan. You are being watched. An artificial intelligence, a machine protected by government agencies and deadly assassins, is spying on you every hour of every day. We designed this podcast as a means to share information that will aid in discovering and exploiting anything related to bringing down those who will use the machine to harm and exploit others. If you're listening to this podcast, your number has come up and you're part of our team. Welcome back or welcome to if this is your first time. Either way, welcome to the Person of Interest podcast. I'm Daryl, and I want you to know that I once beat Doug in a hopscotch tournament. Don't ask me how we got ourselves entangled in a hopscotch tournament, because those aren't really easy to find, but we did. And Full I contact. <laughs> and I laid down the smackdown. <laughs> and I'm Doug, but you can call me Minnie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Glad to have you here. We're going to cover Person of Interest for Season 4, Episode 4, which originally aired October 14th, 2014, entitled 4... I'm sorry, not so many 4s. Entitled Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. The Brotherhood is an interesting little nemesis for this season. That seems to be the big bad that we have uh, created for ourselves this time around. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they're going to last the whole season or not, because this is already the second time we've seen them uh, in this short fourth episode of season four. So we'll see. And we've met the big bad of the big bad. But anyway. Yeah. This particular episode was written by Denise. I'm going to say Tay. Okay. T-H-E and directed by Chris Fisher. Uh, we had Elias in this one. That's Enrico Colantoni. And it was interesting. I went to get the guest stars from how they listed them last week. And I was looking for, where's the guy to play Dominic? Ding, 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 ding. I didn't see him anywhere. Then I realized, ah, there it is. They called him Minnie last week. So as not to spoil the mm. fact that he's the uh, the head of the, uh, the head honcho there. Jamie Hector played Minnie slash Supersize slash Dominic. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't spoil that. Well done, whoever handles the press releases for... Person of interest. We are produced, in case you were wondering, by Golden Spiral Media. GoldenSpiralMedia.com slash POI, or POI, if you'd like. And you can pick up some wonderful Person of Interest DVDs or anything else from Amazon right from there. A sliver of that purchase price goes to support this and other GSM podcasts, but you don't pay anything different. It's great. And if you want to subscribe to anything any of the Golden Spiral Media family of podcasts in iTunes, go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash iTunes. And poof. You like that? Poof. I like that. The iTunes uh, program will run and just show you a wonderful Golden Spiral Media splash page with everything on it. Indeed. And if, yes, it's great. One-stop shopping. <laughs> and I will say, if I could uh, interrupt you for just a moment, you're doing a fine job, by the way. Uh, we are going to be adding a new podcast to Ooh. that fine iTunes page this week. It'll be none other than a Constantine podcast. Doug and I were just a, talking about... A history of the old Roman Empire. Uh, something like that, or, or DC Comics. Take, take your pick. Mm, could be that. And the name of that podcast is The Devil You Know. Ah. 
a Constantine podcast. So look for that in the iTunes later this week. Ooh, when does it start? It when starts does the, uh, the the actual show. You know, start. Yeah, it starts uh, the twenty fourth. It's a Friday night show, so a week oh. from the well. Most we'll be putting this into the feed on Friday the seventeenth. So a week from the day this goes into the feed, Constantine will be hitting your uh, visual airwaves on your television oh, sets. It's on NBC. So okay. Check it out. Okay. Yep. By the way, in case you want to support GSM in other ways, there's a wonderful Patreon site that you can hit. And uh, depending on your level of patronage, patronage, you can get some nifty little bonuses here. If you read up on it, it is, it's amazing. So there's a link to that at goldenspiralmedia.com slash POI. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you got some news to smack down onto us? I do. I just like that hopscotch game. <laughs> on uh, CBS, Person of Interest earned a series low of 1.5. It was a 1.5 rating. Um, it was 1.6 last week, and uh, but we had 9.73 million viewers, which won the night. Again, the rating was second place following Chicago Fire with a 2.0, but it had over 2.5 million more viewers. But again, the older uh, the older audience on CBS. Now, you may be saying, uh-oh, what's going down is uh, what are the other guys doing around there at 10 o'clock? Well, Chicago Fire went down 5% from last week. And forever went down fifteen percent mm. from last week. So we're in good company. You know, so. <laughs> good lowering numbers company. Yeah. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna drop, everybody ought to drop. If no, they were true. dropping and they were going up or staying the same, that would be a, yep. that would be concerning. Yeah. And this time of year, and I don't follow baseball that closely, but I know that they're they're we're getting down to the wire here. One, the AL. I believe it's the American League has already crowned their champion and the National League will be doing so in probably one more game. So people are getting into the to other things this time of year with, with those. And that could be part of the issue with, with viewers uh, not being present that were there previously. But it could be other things, too. There's so much going on. Let's certainly hope so. Mm-hmm. Well, we had some very interesting news about uh, viewing streaming video from CBS. Boy, did we. Th- yeah, it was really interesting. Two things. Number one, CBS launched its own standalone streaming service. Uh, HBO did it just recently. Mm-hmm. And so CBS announced uh, this past Thursday, well, I guess uh, today's Thursday, so it's going to be, it was today, I guess. It was today. Mm-hmm. That it's launching something called CBS All Access for 6 bucks a month, or five ninety nine for those of you who are marketing. Um so you can catch, you know, fresh episodes, uh, even available the day after the broadcast on that, as well as some uh, uh, some past, uh, some older, you know, uh, series that aren't around anymore. But I was, uh, and I found that out today, but I had found out earlier, interestingly enough, that Person of Interest is going to be streaming on Netflix next year. So I'm thinking, what's, what is, huh? Which is great. I mean, you can go... And because you really need to binge watch Person of Interest, if you if you're gonna catch up, you gotta catch up from the beginning. And it uh, there's a lot of uh, backstory that you that you need to have on some of these characters. But uh, but so so is Person of Interest going to be on Netflix and everything else on the All Access CBS All Access, or it's going to be on both, or maybe the Netflix thing is was just kind of a head fake before they announced All Access. I don't know. But anyway. I would imagine that the Netflix is just seasons one through three. But if you want the the current season, you're going to have to, and, and you're not watching it live or DVR, you know, all those 
standard methods and the because um, right now if you miss an episode of POI if you don't if your recorder craps out or whatever then you're kind of host CBS doesn't stream any other stuff so it sounds like they've now got a solution to that but I would I would doubt that Netflix is going to get any of the current season that's probably true usually they get uh, for current uh, I've been uh, I think I've mentioned before been watching Haven mm-hmm. and it's always been a uh, a season behind it was uh it took me so long to do it that at the first, while I was watching it originally, and only had the first three seasons. Then when the fifth season came out, the fourth season showed up on Netflix. So that's probably the uh, the issue there. Yeah, it's funny. I was just about to mention it. And I just read your note here. You were about to mention it as well. I got kind of excited about this, and that is that starting January first, two thousand fifteen. All episodes of Friends, not Fringe, which is the show that I love. It's already on there. But Friends, you know, I'll be there for you. You know that song, that that show. It's did, it's did gonna be on Netflix, that? huh? Did you did you sing the uh, the the uh, the theme song for that? I know Was it sounded you? just like it, didn't it? It was yeah, so well, good. I could have fooled me. Huh? Yeah, I'm like the Rembrandts. All of them wrapped into one. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So you're going to have friends on Netflix. Oh, man alive. I'll finally have some friends. I've been waiting <laughs> for this moment for all my life. <laughs> oh, wait. I went from the Rembrandts to Phil Collins. How did that happen? I, I'm I'm impressed. You, you you just slid right into that. I did. Just like it was that old <laughs> loafer or something like that. <laughs> I want to yes. give a little shout out to Lawrence Griffin. He's one of our, um, well, he tweets us and he's on the person of interest podcast facebook group you should be too and he uh, wanted me to know that person of interest is actually doing really well in canada as well it made the top list uh, the list of top 30 most watched shows two weeks in a row nice so it finished 11th for uh, panopticon and then nautilus finished 14th so uh i'm liking that i'm liking that so we got a lot of canadian viewers about two and a half about 2.2 million viewers uh, up there as well so that's good Good. You know, the first, the top three shows in Canada are uh, the, the weekly show called 58 Ways to Say I'm Sorry, uh, followed by 38 Ways to Drink Tim Hortons. And the uh, the third one is, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm out of Canadian stereotypes <laughs> at this point. <laughs> when I think of, I'm sorry, folks, but when I think of Canadian TV, the first thing I think of is Bob and Doug McKenzie. I'm, that's all right. It's just, that, that's the, uh, that's where I, when I grew up. I don't even know what that is. Second City TV, uh, they uh, had a, uh, uh, there was a couple of fellows, and actually, I th- yeah, they, it was Second City TV that with the head was like a SNL, okay, uh, for a little while there, and um, to the uh, to the guys in there did Bob and Doug McKenzie. Hey, Ozer, how you doing? <laughs> I'm gonna wear my toque now, and we're going to get some Canadian bacon and a beer. That's right, man. See, I'm convinced that Canadians don't really understand bacon. <laughs> Yeah, what is this? ham. Yeah, ham. okay. Yeah, Americans, we understand bacon, <laughs> and we do it so many different ways. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Well, I got to tell you, this uh, episode was baking up some great stuff. What do you say we talk about it? How's that for that's a, a segue? A, yeah, wow! I just get stand on that segue and write it like crazy. Yes, write it like a stolen bag of money. <laughs> What was your rating for this episode? Oh, well, I, I really, uh, I think this stepped up a notch from last week. I gave it eight Shaw-placed tracking devices. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very nice uh, introduction to the Brotherhood, as well as a very good person of interest, you know, the actual person storyline and all that. I, I really enjoyed that. And so 
I, th I thought there was a lot of good, I mean, it wasn't really necessarily crash, bang, action, you know, there was, a, there was, there was that, mm -hmm. but it really did get a lot of good character moments. Uh, with Reese and the kids, the kids themselves, you know, especially uh, the boy Malcolm, uh, mm -hmm. kind of, you know, uh, kind of deciding what kind of a man he wanted to be. And so, yeah, I thought that was a, it was a fantastic episode. So I gave it eight. Okay. Well, I also gave it eight. I gave it eight subway meetings. Eat fresh. <laughs> Meat fresh. I don't know. Subway. I don't know. Well, Todd, and he's actually in the. GSM Golden Spiral Media slash live chat room. Yes, he is. And he gave it nine Minecraft apps. <laughs> yes. There's probably more than that in the uh, the Google Play Store or the Apple iOS Store, but yeah. Yeah. I thought of my kids when that came into the story because they are all about the Minecraft. <laughs> Andrew also sent in his rating and he gave it um, nine bare shredded papers. I hope the, uh, the the folks don't mind having to rewrite those things. Yeah, just and give them an A. Yeah. They don't have to retype them or anything or write them. It's all on computer these days, these kids with their computers. That's right. Just hit the print button. Back when I was in college, we had the oh, dot matrix man. printers. Like, <laughs> and when we got a daisy wheel printer, boy, then the then the professors couldn't tell the difference whether we typed them or not or did them on the word processor. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. If we wanted color, we had to pull out the black ribbon and put in the three-toned ribbon, and then we could print in color. Oh, man. On the color. dot we matrix. Color. Let me tell you, nothing looks more realistic than color ribbon dot matrix. <laughs> Back in my day, everything was in black and white, and we liked it. All right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. What did you like about the episode? I liked the title. Now, I know that's, you know, not often a selling point, mm -hmm. but they have been very, very uh, clever with the uh, titles. Uh, I, th for example, there was one last season where this was after Reese had kind of gotten... Um, it was after when uh, Jocelyn Carter died, and he was kind of... Uh, uh, disenchanted with the whole machine thing. Mm -hmm. So he was trying to uh, escape, get away, and he was got on, got on a plane, and his seat name was the title of the episode 4C. Right. Which kind of is a little uh, homonym for 4C, which is what our machine does. Well, mm -hmm. Brotherhood in this case has a, a double meaning here as well. Maybe, a, maybe, maybe some others if you can think of them, but at least we had the actual Brotherhood, the gang, uh, as we get introduced to them more formally and, you know, meet the uh, the head of the whole thing, Dominic. But we also had Malcolm Booker kind of deciding for himself what his brotherhood to his sister Tracy meant. Mm -hmm. And so we had a little bit of both there. It was a great uh, little juxtaposition on, uh, you know, their their tight relationship, as well as, you know, the relationship within the the Brotherhood gang itself. Although, you know, the only way to get out of the Brotherhood apparently is to die, you, you, you don't, you, your family is forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that too. And, and for me, the idea, the second meeting there with Malcolm trying to figure out not only what Brotherhood looks like as he is now trying to be responsible for the actions that took his mom out of the equation and try to be a brother to his sister, he's also trying to figure out what a man is. 
and how how what kind of man he will become and i that was probably my favorite thing about this episode and we we'll, we certainly will talk about that more as he's faced with different situations and makes different decisions throughout the course of the episode but i you know i like that poi isn't just this get a number catch the bad guy episode over type of thing it really presents so many other things along the way and sometimes it, it presents really cool things like this where we get to to evaluate I, I say real life i mean these these aren't real life situations for you and i you know we've we're not grade school kids anymore trying to figure out what kind of man we want to become but mm-hmm. but those are those are definitely real world type of situations or, or or questions that people need to ask when they're especially when they're when they're becoming a man and trying to figure out what that looks like and they don't have a dad in the picture and so many other variables so I like that it's kind of, it, it, it's not afraid to tackle those issues along with a number of the week. Well, we start out, it was interesting in the playground when Reese is trying to figure out, you know, where the, the numbers are. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to, <laughs> I guess he's trying to relate, you know, and, and everybody, you know, all the kids in the, in the playground there, they're out in recess, I guess, you know, see him for who he is. Yeah, you know, you don't have to even show the badge. They know he's a cop. Right, this five zero move along. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, and he had a, as you alluded to, they had had a kind of play him for it, you know, uh, play a game of hopscotch, and you know, winner uh, gets to know the information he wants to know. Yeah, I but, would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, but didn't he have to just pay them? Like they they didn't go for the hopscotch, did they? Didn't well, he have right. to pay that's them? Right. Yeah, they, they need some they need some uh, scratch. Yeah, which screw. I thought was just. Awesome! Here are these little kids, and they are getting one over on <laughs> on this trained assassin, special ops, butt kicking, kneecapping guy, and he's getting had by by grade school kids. It was because he can't do any of those things. He can't use any of his skills against these kids. He this has to was give in. A, a fish out of water. Yeah, by by every uh, description you can think of that. Yeah, exactly. Well, they he winds up. Going to a having having to respond to a why does he respond to it or does he actually he kind of walks in on it because he was I, I I'm trying to remember now did Finch tell him about it that there was this um, oh they, they he was trying to follow the kids and finds this uh, you know this uh, murder situation mm-hmm. half a million bucks is missing right and the DEA is involved because well there's drugs involved. I, I happened to read on the, I think it was the POI writer's room tweeted out the fact that that location where they filmed used to be an old glass factory. And if you if you remember, there was some kind of ovens in the back where, you know, you'd have the, the really hot uh, fire going and you'd melt the glass down and then come out and, you know, twist it and form it and all that. So that was interesting. They uh, right, right on location. That is cool. I, didn't, I missed that one. And they had, uh, yeah, they, they, you know, we we realized that there's Armenians... And, you know, drug gang and all this stuff. And I guess they were working with the Brotherhood and they had their own, uh, um, they had one guy, I think, who still uh, still survived the whole thing. But uh, did he, was was that, that wasn't the guy, that wasn't Minnie. That was just one of the guys who was uh, there to, in the flunkies, really, to go get the cash and make the transition. And uh, it didn't go down quite the way they wanted to. Yeah. But the kids, the kids wind up with a, a bit of a stash. Yeah, and it was interesting to see how these two storylines were going to pull each other together. It was one of those, you know, we didn't know it, I don't think right away, that, that these two storylines were going to converge. But um, you see, you have the mystery of the two kids. Where are they? Where's the money? They do the nice. I, the kids were pretty smart. These two kids are pretty street smart, too. Yeah. Including here, near the beginning, where they create the diversion 
they put a wad of cash on the on the air vent. It goes flying, and nothing will cause people to go crazy <laughs> like money flying through the air. Would you would do the same thing? Wouldn't you? You're walking along. <laughs> it's raining money. You're, you okay? You know nothing yeah. else matters. You're grabbing as many of those bills as you can. They could be ones, and you are going for them, right? <laughs> They probably weren't, but yes, for ones, yeah, everybody's grabbing. That's true. Oh man, yeah. No, that was a great. It was a great little uh, escape. Yeah, and it was fun to try to figure out what the kids were doing, what um, Malcolm and Tracy were doing, because they go and they buy clothes of all things, and and well, not just clothes. I mean, serious duds. I mean, they right. they suit and tie and the dress and the whole bit. I mean, it's not you know they're going down to the Gap or something like that. No, they're doing the they're doing it up uh, very nice. Right. And it it just shows you, you know, Malcolm's the one pulling the strings here. He's Tracy's kind of the tag along. And it just shows you how smart this kid is. But, you know, so when we get to some of these issues later on in the episode, uh, it made it that more interesting to me because, you know, I, through situations like this where the kid, he sees the money. This wasn't anything that he planned, I don't think. I think that they lucked upon this opportunity to take this money from these gangs uh, drug deal goes bad. There's an opportunity. They take it. And he immediately starts a plan into action. Hey, this could be our ticket out. We could get mom back. We could get a lawyer. We're going to need to look the part to go to a lawyer. And he's just working all this thing, this stuff out, you know, pretty much instantly in my mind, unless I missed something. So when I think about that, I'm like, man, this kid is really smart. He is a quick thinker. And he's the kind of kid that could if he puts those brains to good use, he could work his way out of the hard life that they are in right now. You know, kind of thinking down the road when he, when he, when he does enter into manhood and, and gets out on his own, those sorts of things, you know. But he's going to be faced with these situations throughout the course of this episode. They're going to they're going to cause him to which side of the law is he going to is he going to go to? Which side of of of, of ethics is he going to go to? And it really was compelling for me because you see just how smart this kid is and th- therefore the potential that he has. I just think he had that that situation with his mom, his understanding of the, the reality of it has been on his mind constantly. Mm-hmm. So that when he gets a big, you know, wad of cash in his lap, that's the first thing that comes to his mind. I can, I know what I can do with this. Yeah, you're probably right. Where he was like, man, if I had money... I would go, I know what I would do. If I, if I ever got money, I'd go get a lawyer. Well, if, yeah, you're probably right. He probably had all that thought out so that when he did see the money, he knew he kind of had it already worked out that way. Yeah, this is it. This is it. Yeah. But either way, I mean, that doesn't diminish my, my point at all where, where he was, no, no, yeah. you know, really smart with quick thinking and, and able to potentially get himself out of that tough situation that, that he finds himself in. And, uh, they wind up later uh, trying to bring in our wonderful friend Elias to at least yeah. get an idea of what's going on. And uh, they meet on the subway. Well, because they're caught in, I'm sorry to interrupt you. They're caught in the middle here. We've got, we have two gangs. You, you mentioned the, the Aryans and the, they have the brother. Armenians. Armenians. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, and, and Finch says, I can take care of the brotherhood, but I can't take care of both. I can't handle both action. If you can call off the Armenians, I, could, I think I can handle the brotherhood. And that was really smart for him to realize their limitations right now. And it's kind of very similar to the uh, Constantine podcast that, that we're going to be starting. The devil you know. You know, that's essentially Elias. You know, we've got to bring in. I don't know the Armenians. I don't know anybody else who can help me with them. Here's a guy who can. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily uh, the best 
uh, choice, but the best of you know what, whatever unknown options I uh, that are out there. Yeah, he knows that he knows he's got his fingers and everything. He's completely connected, and so uh, let's bring that up there. And and it was interesting. I liked the 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 pair of lines there where where Finch says we would be in your debt, and Elias just kind of leaning over says you already are right. Yeah, it was a good line. I wonder if Finch knows that Carter was also using Elias when, you know, they sprung Elias from prison and he was in hiding for a while. I wonder how much, how how aware he is of what she did with him and, and for him and through him. He's a great resource to have. You know, he, he definitely typically sides with the more seedy side of, of the law yeah, he's he's not somebody you want out uh out in the wind necessarily, but he is now, I guess. Well, yeah, and he, he but he's got all those connections. He's so powerful, he's so cunning, and they have a mutual respect for each other. Both recent or excuse me, Finch and Elias do, and and you saw that just played out every every time they meet. Man, it's gold, isn't it? It's so good <laughs> when those two actors get to swap screen time or share screen time. And you've got you've got uh, Finch. He always has you know Finch always is kind of the the meek kind of uh, look, kind mm-hmm. of demeanor, that sort of thing, whereas Elias is the very assertive kind of guy. They they've kind of play off each other almost as opposites. Uh, Finch is, is meek, but, but, uh, but convinced of his own uh, rightness, his own morality, as is uh, Elias, but he is more the assertive kind. So it, it's a very interesting dynamic between those two. And, and Elias also kind of drops the hint that he knows that something something's up something's happening something's uh going on and it's different and he's n- not sure exactly what it was uh i don't know if he gets that from uh finch's demeanor and f- the thing that finch is trying to do or uh, or the fact that finch is now actually a uh you know doing being a college professor somewhere and wait mm-hmm. a minute now, why would you do that you know so yeah i think he's smart enough to to know or at least to observe that Something is different in the whole. Something is different in the world around us, and and I took that to mean Samaritan and, and what they're doing. And he, but he at the same time he sees that things are different with Finch, and not only the the quote unquote job that he has, but the way that he's meeting with him. Everything has changed with Finch, and I think that he just feels like if these two aren't related, then I can at least float something out and try to read Finch to figure out if they're related. And I'm pretty sure right now, if he didn't know they were related before, he definitely does now. Yeah, the Brotherhood is uh, is everywhere. And so, uh, yeah. uh, I, you know, another thing I liked about this, uh, the interaction between Fusco and Reese when they cut back to them. Mm-hmm. Similar, again, to uh, to last week. You know, Fusco is kind of bringing reality back to Reese. This is what you do. You've got paperwork you got to deal with. This, you know, Reese just can't drop everything and go running off to uh, to to deal with a number somewhere. He's got he's got Fusco's Fusco's job to do. I mean, not, not he's not doing Fusco's job, but he's doing the same thing as Fusco is. Yeah. So it's uh, I I like the idea that we we've been reminded a couple of times. I hope they don't do too much of it and we, you know don't beat it into us. But we've got this. You know, it looks like Reese is learning that. And in fact, part of that was his uh, when he started talking to uh, Lennox, the DEA agent. You know, he had that as part of you know part of his duty. This is you know part of the uh, uh, the the murder investigation going on. So mm-hmm. the, you know that they worked that in nice. But again, Fusco, a great a great uh, comic relief when it's needed. But he's also grounding him as well. Sure. 
So you mentioned Linux. We get her brought into the picture here as the DEA agent. What was your first thought on her? How did you did you suspect her right away? At what point did you suspect her? What what were your thoughts on her at least at this point in the game? I am one of the easiest people to pull the wool over <laughs> on regarding TV shows. I'm just, you know, oh, she's a DEA agent and she's, you know, we can trust her and uh, all right. So I really didn't now I think at that point she mentions a mole and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, wait a wait, wait. The uh her partner, you know, there was another guy. We don't see too much of him. And that's, that says to me, you know, he's kind of in the background, back in the shadows. We're, we're not kind of drawing attention to him. So that must be the mole. So that was uh, later on in the episode. That was kind of my feeling. Um, and I see, like I said, wool over my eye. Shoom, there it goes. Yeah, I, uh, my first thought when she mentioned that there are moles in our agency everywhere, I thought, oh, there's no better way to divert attention away from you than to make it seem like there are moles, you know, the other, there's a mole out there and, and, you know, the mole is not going to publicly say, Hey, there's a mole. So that, that, so therefore I will suspect you because I know that's a great diversion. But then she started working with him and then I thought, you know, this is cool. I almost, almost immediately forgot about that. And then thought as they were, even in that same scene, as they were talking, I remember last week we had the new police captain and I thought, this is cool. I'm like, this show does such a great job of bringing in strong women for these great roles. And th- we're getting another one this week. And I just got so excited and wrapped up into that thought that I completely forgot to suspect her. Uh, <laughs> and until the moment I, I thought, oh, my gosh, she's the mole, was when she gave the girl the phone. For whatever reason, when she gave the girl the phone, Tracy the phone, I thought, that's it. She's the mole. What, I don't know why that triggered me. But, but yeah, I had, huh. I, I had kind of forgotten about it and, t- and just kind of passed through it um, until then. That's interesting. So the, the the phone itself doesn't necessarily say anything. No, but it it's just that this kind of to me when she did it, it was it, it just oh she's just creating a diversion, and that was just exactly what she was doing. And it just for whatever reason it clicked with me the moment she did that, and I, I can't explain why, but it did. But yeah, up until that point, I was just in you know happily and blissfully with wool over my eyes, just like you. <laughs> it's getting cool down here in Atlanta, so I was, I was just, you know, warming up. <laughs> right. A little wool over the eyes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Shaw, Shaw, we, we get to see her uh, kind of working her magic. Yeah. And uh, she she grabs a fellow who calls himself Minnie, mm-hmm. which is, you know, kind of an ironic nickname, as he gladly points out to her. So she calls him Supersize. Right. Like I like that. Yeah, we see that all the time. There's, uh, you know, big NBA stars called Tiny or Baby or, you know, those types of uh, Mm -hmm. opposite types of monikers. So I fell right for this one, too. I never suspected him as being Dominic. No, that was, I was impressed. Um, They, that was never, you know, in terms of the mole, it's like, wait a minute, who's the mole? You're looking Mm -hmm. around, looking around. There wasn't a, a, originally I thought the guy in the, uh, in the van that was dealing with, uh, he looked like he was in charge of the drug deal. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if that was Dominic. I was too. Uh, but never, never the uh, the guy that uh, Shaw is just dragging around with her. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, she she completely owns the guy, and uh, so that's why I'm least likely to be uh, to be the head of uh, the Brotherhood. So that yeah, that was a that was even better diversion tactics on uh, on the part of the writers. 
Yeah, it was great. I don't know if you are uh, a reader of IGN, but IGN does a kind of a recap of each week's person of interest episode, and I really enjoy it. And I'm trying to pull it up right now so I can tag who the writer is for at least for this week. I haven't really paid attention to see if it's the same person every week. I think it is. Um, it's Matt Fowler who wrote the uh, the Brotherhood uh, review, and you know one of the things he talked about in his his review was that. They spent all this time with Minnie, and he's going, and, and, and Shaw, you know, as a result, and he's just going, this is great, this is interesting, but why are they spending so much time with this guy? And at the very end of the episode, when it's revealed that Minnie is Dominic, he's like, ah, that's why they spent so much time with that guy. Why didn't I pick up on that? And I've, when I read that, I'm like, huh, yeah, I should have picked up on that too. We all should have, you know, why are we spending so much time? And I don't so feel time? so bad anymore either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't feel so bad that I missed it completely. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that. I think I mentioned before. J. Michael Straczynski, when writing, uh, he wrote uh, most of the episodes for Babylon Five back in the day, uh, with overarching plot lines and all that. But he used to do uh, occasional murder. She wrote uh, mysteries, and the idea there is, if at the end half the people have figured it out before they get to the end, and half people haven't, then you've got a got a good one. I I, I even like it better if nobody gets. Yeah, now, they gave enough. They gave enough, um, you know, hints that this is, like you said, because we're spending so much time with him. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily clues in the episode, but but just you know, airtime, you know, right. FaceTime for this guy, you know. Yeah. Wow. And I will say too, though, that I didn't know that Dominic was even going to be revealed in this episode because oh, we no, had I had it was going to be way later. Yeah. Yeah, because we'd had the Brotherhood mentioned already this season, and so I've, they're building up the Brotherhood to be a, a you know at least somewhat of a, a formidable foe and a, and a recurring character in in that sense. You know, just the, the Brotherhood entity, and so I thought, okay, we're, we're we're leading up to the to Dominic. There will be an encounter with Dominic down the road. So I wasn't necessarily even looking for who is Dominic. You know, I was. I mean, yeah, that thought did occur to me, and I, I like you and I both thought the other guy was Dominic, but I wasn't necessarily playing the game of we got to figure out who Dominic is by the end of the episode. I, I and I kudos for Person Avengers for doing that because they they allowed themselves to I kind of trick the audience a little bit because they had uh, already mentioned the Brotherhood earlier in the season without yeah, revealing so that. Was that. A, a really a really well done. Mm-hmm. You had one reveal that was you know, smacked in front of your face right at the beginning, there is a mole, find them. Mm-hmm. And so then there was the reveal, you know, when that happens, but the there was another reveal, you know, while they have you, you know, busy with this one thing in your head and trying to figure out who's the mole, who's the mole, they're sneaking in the back door here. Hey, right. it was Dominic, poof. Yeah. And oh, you, man, that was good. It was when good. you think about it, I mean, Shaw had him, they had him in police custody. <laughs> you know, so many things there. She purposely let him go so she could track him back to the hideout so they could try to figure out where Dominic was. And uh, <laughs> but when she finds that out, she's just going to be so mad. She's going to have to go kick, kick a puppy or yeah. something. I don't know. Hopefully not, not bear. Not bear, not bear, no, no. <laughs> yeah. And the kids, I like the way the kids were written in this particular case. You know, you see... They were going to a law office at one point, mm-hmm. you know, Brotherhood finds them. And so they got to, you know, Shaw makes his, make sure they can be, uh, uh, gets them out of, out of danger there. They switch the cash out with, you know, newspaper. Right. Be, you know, the guy, and, and that, this is, I think the first point where 
Uh, Malcolm says, you've got to be, you got to have a plan. Got to be the man with a plan. And this is kind of him showing his, his credentials, so to speak. Uh, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a man. I can handle this. You know, I can, I don't need anybody else to help me. I've got this all figured out. Now, he really doesn't have a, uh, a good idea of the forces that are tearing him back and forth here. But that, the planning on going to a law office, uh, the switcheroo with the, with the cash in the newspaper, that was, that was great. That was a, um, a good bit of writing here to show that, you know, he, he had a little bit of street smarts here. Mm-hmm. It's just that he's a little out of his element. And you, you get to see that as well when they, uh, you know, hold him up in the, uh, in the safe house, I believe it was, or just an apartment, and they, uh, uh, you know, trying to keep him out of the reach of the Brotherhood. But that was, that was another great little, he's trying to be the big brother, trying to, trying to hold this family of two, essentially, together mm-hmm. and, uh, and keep, them, keep, keep them together and finding the legal way to do that. Right. Yeah, again, the, the street smarts, the, the, the sharp cunningness of of uh the 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 kids are coming through so your kids are a little older than mine but at the the one point tracy asks for the phone so she can play minecraft i mentioned earlier my kids are all about minecraft if they're not playing minecraft we, we limit how much time they can spend on the computer each day uh so good job usually they'll 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 play their they spend their time playing minecraft uh, although that terrarium or something like that is another uh, game my my son likes, um, but then what they'll do is they'll come and they'll they'll jump on the TV and they'll jump on YouTube through the TV and they'll watch Minecraft videos, videos about Minecraft. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now mine doesn't do it through the TV. I have I have one that is 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 really big into Minecraft, and mm-hmm. he whenever he's got either my laptop or my wife's, he's on that there. And uh, but he'll watch videos as well, but you know not on the TV, but uh, you know on a PC. But yeah, that's you know all kinds of different things to do. He's a uh, oh man, that's a that's a fantastic game. It really is. Yeah, I've never played it. They want me to play it so badly, and and I, it it looks like the kind of game that I would just get so involved in that I just I I refuse to do it because okay, I would you know I, your limitations. Yeah, I know my weaknesses, right? Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> anyway, they yeah they they love it. So it was kind of cool to see. And they have it on their like they have it on the the iPad, and they have it on my wife's phone. That my wife will let them play her phone, and so the, sometimes they'll they'll play the mobile game, play each other. They'll have a friend stay the night, and one of them will be on their iPad, and one of the kids will be on their phone. You know, so I could totally uh-huh. totally relate to what Tracy's doing here with the Minecraft thing. And we had this thing with uh, when Karen and I did Under the Dome. There were a lot of Microsoft product placements. Mm-hmm. There was a you know product, Microsoft Surface especially. Well. Recently, yeah. Microsoft bought Mojang, which owns Minecraft. Right. Do you remember so how much that purchase some... price was? Oh man, it was like a couple a billion or something. I was thinking like five billion, but it was two yeah, billion. It was huge. It was maybe two two point five. I got the number five in my head for some reason. It was at least two billion. It's amazing. But now yeah. they're you know they've got that and. Uh, uh, so, so I was wondering if this was kind of like another pseudo product placement. Yeah, I wondered that too because you don't usually get a an actual product name like that unless it has been paid for, <laughs> and they've got the cash to do it. So. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. yeah, they do, they do. Yeah. 
Mm. No, that was uh, that's a that's a that's a great little game. Yeah. Um, you know, I at this point in the episode, I uh, was following the bear the dog, bear de hond Twitter account, mm-hmm. and he he tweets like I said almost every commercial break or so. I like this one line that he tweeted out. Now again, this is translated from the original Dutch. <laughs> Human puppy. And this is, he's talking about Malcolm and he's trying to, when Malcolm's trying to, to, to shake Reese and, you know, trying to, you know, go out and do his own thing. Human puppies should understand that tall man hates nothing more than those who try to kick puppies. <laughs> so there you are. That's words of wisdom from Bear the Dog. Uh-huh. And that's exactly, you know, you got Reese in a, in a situation where he is not going to give up, you know, he's, he's, uh, that's his thing, you know, you know, normally he's the big, you know, we've talked about the big CAA guy, right. the big, you know, he's uh, fish out of water in the playground, but you put him, uh, on the trail of guys who are trying to hurt kids and, you know, stand back. It's, that's not going to happen. Right. Yep. By the way, we're getting the update from the live chat room here. Karen says that Microsoft purchased Minecraft for 2.5 billion all cash hmm they probably went to, uh, they probably went oh, shopping God. for suits when they got that bag of cash <laughs> <laughs> yeah some nice ties to go with them you know we've got a good group Man. in the chat room tonight by the way we've got uh two or three times the audience we had last week, and there were only like two people last week but this week we have doc and karen barb is here and todd is here todd's dad was also here for a little while he stepped out but Got a got a growing crowd, so thank you guys for joining us. Thursday nights at uh, eight o'clock Eastern, by the way, goldenspiralmedia.com slash live. If you want to watch us do the show and join us in the chat room. Todd's dad, I love it. Two generations of person of interest fans, yes. We had a we had a Golden Spiral Media meetup in Chicago last April or April of this year, and Todd lives in the Chicago area, and of course his dad does too. So yeah, Todd and his dad came. We had some great pizza and had a great crowd there. It was a lot of fun. So it was really cool meeting both of those guys. I try to pull one in uh, Atlanta here sometime, huh? 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 Um, you know what? I am I am looking at options in your neck of the woods, North Carolina. What is that about? No, okay. Six hours from Raleigh. Is that where, is that about right for you? Something like that. I yeah. keep forgetting. Thinking about Raleigh at some point. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. I loved there were some some lines at this point in the uh, in the show that I just loved. I put down in the notes they were just mm-hmm. really great. Malcolm's trying to be the man of the family. You know, he deals with the uh, the cash. He's using it for not just blowing it, not you know, non junk. He's 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 got a plan. Wants to get his mom out of jail, wants to get his uh he and his sister together in at least in the foster system, but at least, you know, to try to get uh, uh hopefully their mom out of prison. And he is, like, he tells John he wants to be the man. And at mm-hmm. one point, John says, you want to be the man? Start taking care of your family. And and you, part of that is, like, you think, hasn't he been trying to do that? Well, yeah, except that at one point he does kind of take a turn where he's thinking about going along with the brotherhood mm-hmm. in order to save his sister. Well, that just splits them up, number one, puts him in a bad situation, number two, and leaves her alone. Right. So, you know, yeah. you know, it, this is this is John Reese saying that's not how you do it. Yeah, you that was the one I family. couldn't figure out. You know, he seems to be such a smart kid and here he is giving himself over to the brotherhood, trading his life for hers, and I just thought 
come on, man, you're smarter than this. You haven't thought this through step one, which is saving your sister right now. But the, the flip side of that trade is that you're leaving her all alone. And I just, I was, if I want to, I want to smack the kid upside the head because I'm like, you're better than this. Don't do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can see from a, a, a kid point of view, I'm making a sacrifice. I mean, that's a big thing. I'm sacrificing sure. myself for my sister. Sure. Yeah, but you've got to you've got to think about yeah, like I said, the, the bigger picture. Um, who is it that you are giving yourself over to? What are you leaving behind? You know, all, all that stuff. That there's there are much bigger questions. There is more to the decision than a kid would make it. You know. So I again, this is the the writing and this. Um, this whole show has been is is always fascinating to me. They do a great job with it, and it really makes this wasn't you know in some case in some shows you'll have uh, somebody make a bad decision in order for the plot to move along, mm -hmm. and they don't really explain that. In this case, I think it really works. Sure. And Barb in the chat room is saying he's a kid making a split second decision, and that she's Barb. You're exactly right, but. And and so I'm, I hope I don't come. I wasn't coming across too hard. I, I, I'm saying I was rooting for this kid. I'm rooting for him. He he's shown himself to be smart and street smart and practically smart and 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 to keep his wits about him. And so his his heart's in the right place. Yeah, exactly. But this, so that's why I, I got you know that way because I, I was really rude for this kid. I'm like, come on, no, not that decision. <laughs> Well, there were some other some other lines too. Is a great you know we had this great uh, conversation between Elias and and Finch. We yeah. had a great conversation between Reese and Malcolm. Yep. And then we have a great conversation between Shaw and Minnie. You mean Dominique? Uh, well, yes. At the time, <laughs> we just think he's Minnie. Right. You're right. Because she says something like um, uh, that 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 they're either either they're coming for you or maybe you're not worth the gas it takes to find you, mm -hmm. which is ironic again once you've. Uh, figure out what's going on. Yeah, but he has he has a, a a good line. There's no long game for guys like me, and I wonder if this is the real Dominic or if he's just you know buying his time, biding his time here. There's no long game for guys like me. We all die in the end. Yeah, it's a great and line. That's 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 a a great um, a, a realistic view of gang life. Really, I mm -hmm. mean that's there isn't really a long game when you are heavily into a gang like that especially especially you know dominic right who's running the show so yeah that's there's one way out and it's death and it's, it's it was a great uh social commentary there right yeah it really was and i wonder too if he realizes that at one point his number is going to come up you know not not in the man in the black suit kind of way and it's, <laughs> yes. and, it's and his number is going to be up and it's going to be the death of him or if he was really just trying to play the part, I think probably both. I think he he probably realizes that being the head of a, or being involved in a gang, particularly being the head of, of one where you, you've got a massive target on you, that there's one way out of the, the gang that he is in charge of, and that's in a body bag. And and even later on, um, there was a, a point where uh, a Malcolm, you know, bugs out and tries to uh, mm -hmm. you know make a deal with brotherhood and and uh, and give himself up to keep his sister safe and Reese saves him from that situation gets him out of the you know managed to get him out of the car and you hear you know Malcolm well this is all my fault this is all my fault and you know the first thing that people on TV shows and even in real life do oh no it's not your fault it wasn't there was nothing you could do Reese is is 
is a little you f- the first words out of his mouth are you're right it is your fault right but then you know then he twists that you know, that that's already get get you off kilter then he says it is your fault doesn't mean you can't make it right mm-hmm. you know so yes you've made a mistake that's fine we all do now let's do something about it Th- that was that was just a great little way to uh, to to bring about a, a you know, again another realistic. This isn't a a uh, a writer's room full of guys who write platitudes. Right. So I like that about it. I did too. I really did because I'm I was literally th- trying to figure out the next words out of his mouth. Or maybe not like what's he going to say next. It was more of I think it was more of one of those. You, you know how you're talking to somebody and you you can almost finish their sentence, you know, just mm-hmm. because you kind of know where they're going. And I really thought he was going to say, it's not your fault. And he didn't. And I just thought, I'm so glad he didn't because it is his fault. But the last thing you want to do is make another decision. You don't want to, or excuse me, make another mistake. You don't want to compound the mistake that you've already made with another mistake. Take, okay, yeah, you made a mistake. Now get yourself out of it, but not by making another mistake. Which he almost does. And maybe he did. Yeah, yeah. And maybe he did. Okay. We got another little revolution. Revelation. Revelation. We didn't get a revolution. A revolution? A, no. Yeah. Shaw has put trackers on everybody. She puts one on, on Minnie. That's how she tracks him back to the laundromat. And in that, she confesses that, hey, yeah, she's been able to put one on everybody at some point or another. Is that how she found the library originally? Or what do you, what do you think? I don't know. I, I just thought that was a great... Uh, addition to that character, yeah, that shows you, yeah, I'm, uh, you know, you may think I'm just, you know, you're a hired gun and stuff like that, but I'm keeping an eye on you folks. It, I, I thought it funny that she, uh, that in her admitting that it happened, that she has done that, she is a couple of things. Number one, she is kind of giving him a little poke, you know, yeah, you're not so, you're not so, um, Untouchable. I've got you all. I got you all figured. Number one, number two. You know, she 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 shows how smart she is. Uh, she really is. With uh, how, how do you hide something on this? Well, no, no, Reese. It's easy. It's always the suit. <laughs> but uh, uh, last week, for example, I think uh, uh, I think we had a different uh, outfit on uh, on Finch and stuff like that. And so it's I, maybe it's not there. Maybe the on the back of the neck. Or, I who knows. Yeah. But I thought that was just really great. It was it was a fun little thing, and it kind of gives you. I wonder if that's a little planting of. A, it sounds like a throwaway line, but if we come back to that at some point, and you know, she, Shaw has to was able to save these guys. Why? Because she has a tracker on them. Oh, see, and I just thought that maybe she had put a tracker on them at some point in the past. That's why I said about the library. Is that how she originally found the library? Because they, you would think they would have to be on a clothing because if it was embedded into them then they would have felt it that's a little more obvious yeah yeah but uh yeah you're you're, you're right we had this in an episode of fringe now it wasn't quite the same as this where uh walter embedded a tracking device into himself on one episode because he he got lost in this way if it happened again then peter could find him and sure enough the very next episode he gets kidnapped and they used a tracker of sorts but so yeah it would not at all be uh in fact it, it would be fall right into what shows would typically do. They present the tracking device or the idea of a tracking device so that it comes into play at some point down the road. So it it, it could be the, uh, what do we call it last week? I always forget what it's actually called with the gun. You knew Chekhov's that. gun. Chekhov, yeah. So it's, it's Chekhov's tracking device, I guess. <laughs> so we've, we've, we've mentioned it and placed it in one uh, the beginning of the, uh, the fourth season, and we may use it again by the end of the the end of the season. I hope they do. I hope that there's a little payoff there. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. 
Well, it's interesting. The name, I, one of the things I was looking at when they finally get to a, unless there's something earlier you want to talk about, I'm talking about the lawyer that they ultimately get to. They really spent a lot of time in terms of, you know, a screen time showing mm-hmm. the business card of Leslie Creel, mm-hmm. who is the family lawyer that the uh, the kids ultimately get uh, uh, get put with. And I wonder if we're going to see her come back. We don't, we don't actually see her, I don't think. Maybe, I don't know, through a window or something, but no no, uh, no lines or anything. But I I wonder if we're going to see her again. I mean, that's... I have... I think I have heard that, and I'm, I'm I can't remember exactly where it was, but I think we're going to see these kids again at some point. Well, they sure um, set it up that way, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I I think that that may happen, and if so, maybe we do see uh, this Leslie Creel. Like I said, normally you wouldn't see you just see a you know business card handed from one person to another, but they had a close up shot of that, so uh, that may be a name to remember. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen with the kids? We got I mean, it, was, it was such a happy little ending there. At that point, it's a happy ending. And then we get the shot back with Dominic and the driver. We're not done with the kids. Nope. Hearts and minds. And then he... Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And, uh, boy, they... Well, f- and, and in that moment, they also kill the mole. Reminded me of, <laughs> sort of, uh, although in, in uh, Pulp Fiction it was an accident, but you still got a messy back seat. They're going to have to get rid, rid of that car. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just dump her out in the street. So there was that, but then there's also they were going to go after those kids and try to get get uh, Malcolm in with them, hearts and minds, and and get him in with them. We're going to be the ones that are going to save them. We're going to be the ones that gets their mom out of jail. I can see a person of interest episode later on where the mom is the number, perhaps. Mm, mm, I like that. Or um, you know that sort of thing, and they need to you know the, the the brotherhood is going to try to you know they've got somebody who has at least made a step toward them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked Reese's line there: "You can't uh, make something right by doing something wrong." Mm-hmm. But he's he's he, they know he's open to it. Uh, maybe he's been convinced otherwise. Maybe not. So. I, I I see them coming back to this, and we may have um, you know Malcolm showing up again, and and I, I, I that would be a very good uh, payoff from this because really this is kind of just moving the story of the two kids into the next phase. Right now they have to exonerate their mother, get her out of jail, and all that stuff, and there's still plenty of story there that they can go back to and try to bring the maybe she was a member of the Brotherhood. Ooh, that would be a twist. Ooh, it would, wouldn't it? So yeah, there's still there's still plenty of there plenty there to work with. Yeah, there definitely is. They if they don't bring these kids and their mom back into the story at this point, it'll it'll be a little disappointing because we we really feel like they've they've left us a nice little cliffhanger with this part of the story that they should get back to. It's almost like, well, in the chat room, who was it? It was Karen. She she said Chekhov's lawyer, <laughs> and that's that's where we're at with these kids. It's a whole Chekhov situation that we have to get back to at some point. And I liked the conversation with Dominic and uh, I don't know if we had a, a name for this other fella, where he's talking about yeah we got hearts and minds. He's he he's got the big picture. He sounds like a leader here. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get in good with the neighborhood with the the group uh, you know the, the the people on the street that he's. Um, that are his, you know, his crew, I guess. And he, he says, and somebody uh, helped me out with this, um, 
There was a uh, somebody, a woman named Britt Shard Sellers. She is, and I'm, I hope I'm saying that right. Um, I had asked, did he say? And it was, it was, it. I just did a double take mm-hmm. when he said, like what he said to Shaw, we all die in the end. I thought that he said we don't die in the end. I thought maybe he was saying I was. It was like I was telling her that, but I think mm-hmm. that I'm untouchable, that I'm not going to die. But if he and, and she confirmed that he actually said we do all die in the end. So again, we have this not just for the purposes of somebody who he's trying to pacify or whatever, um, you know, make make her uh, lower her defenses. He really believes that. Right. He says we all die in the end, and that's just again. This is kind of a uh, a statement on you know the whole gang situation here, where there's not a real good exit strategy. Often there is none. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, so it was it was a nice episode. We didn't get any root in this episode. Um, we didn't really get any machine, like a well machine or or Samaritan in this episode, although. I think what like what we saw two episodes ago in Nautilus, there could be a larger thing at play with with any of these parties that were being shown on screen. I think that that episode showed us enough to to know that hey, perhaps the Brotherhood, um, or, or who knows? I was going to say Elias, but I don't think Elias is 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 going to is being used by the by Samaritan at this point. But I could see that the Brotherhood or some other gang out there could be being used by. Samaritan and and they not even realize it. So these things could come back into play at some point. But for right now, we didn't really get anything with that. We definitely got zero Amy Acker in this episode, which is always a little bit disappointing. I liked the uh, the moments with uh, Elias, and and actually they they had the the conversation he had with Finch at the end. There was a uh, even more uh, telling than the one at the beginning, where where Finch you know admits to him, "You're right, the world has changed," mm-hmm. and kind of. He seemed to get more out of it than I thought somebody would with just those words. But, you know, Elias says, I suppose there's no going back. It's like playing a game where you're unsure what the pieces are, you know. So you don't even know what's, you don't know what game you're playing. So uh, that was a great, uh, another little conversation. Though I thought there were a lot of people on that uh, subway wondering what the heck they're talking about. I know. They're just, they're not really trying to mask their conversation. It's just they figure that it's so bizarre what they're talking about and what they're doing that no one is going to be able to figure out what they're talking about. But I would think that there are cameras on that subway car with which Samaritan is monitoring those. So I would think they would want to be a little bit more careful than they have conversations that Samaritan could pick up on and go, Wait. I don't think they gave a new identity to Elias, so I think Samaritan would be very interested in whatever Elias is doing. I would think so. I would definitely think so. Okay, well, I have some surveillance in the news. All right. This is uh, from the blog Medium at medium.com. The headline is London's Future Crime Hotspots Predicted Using Mobile Phone Data. Really? So not just cameras, but actually your phones are, are spying on you. Here's how it works. Uh, the current systems rely on data like crime stats and local demographics. The mm-hmm. problem with these stats is that they're difficult and expensive to gather, and they aren't regularly updated. By contrast, mobile phone operators can collect data about owners, such as their gender and age, and because you have to fill that all in when you're you know, getting a phone, and, and then monitor the location of those phones in real time. It's not hard to imagine that this kind of data might significantly Im- significantly improve the accuracy of crime prediction models. 
That's uh, exactly what Andrei Bogolmolov at the University of Trento in Italy and a company set out to show. These guys used a, uh, used a data set about mobile phone users in the center of London, which they obtained from Telefonica, a European mobile phone company. The data set contains all kinds of information about the users, their age, their gender, their home location, all <laughs> kinds of stuff. But it also contains their location at various instants in time. To find out whether this could improve crime prediction, Bogomolov and company used the crime stats and demographics from one period of time to train an algorithm, got AI working here, <laughs> to predict crime rates in the next period of time. The results were pretty good. In that case, the algorithm was able to predict whether a given area would be a crime hotspot or not in the next month with an accuracy of about 62%. Wow. So you could rearrange your uh, your police, I guess, to deal with that. Now, I mean, why not just look at regular crime statistics, you know? Well, that, that's fine, That's a, but that's a snapshot, or it is an average over the course of uh, a month or a year or something like that, whereas this is real time. Hmm. That is fascinating, and you would think that they would then take that data, analyze it to figure out why they missed 48% or 38% of the time, and then that the next time they rolled it out, that 62 would become a higher number and more and more and more. That's really fascinating, Doug. That's uh, scary, too. It is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what the machine is doing. Indeed, yes. Um, there's a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's taking what people do, where they're moving, but it's using, you know, in this case, uh, in the case of the story, video cameras. So it, it, it's... Uh, it's it's more of a, a grounded in an our reality, mm -hmm. and it's easy to find exactly where somebody is now. Um, Karen has said in the chat room, "Hey, what if my phone's in my husband's name?" Yeah, well, that's a, that's a good point. So, but uh, but you know, it's it it still gives you some um, some data points that you wouldn't have normally. Wouldn't have to keep um, collecting at uh, at regular intervals. Yeah. Yeah, and Doc H just put into the, the chat room uh, something that I, I thought about mentioning earlier, and I thought, if I say this, I'm going to show how ignorant I am about the blacklist, but I guess maybe I'm not. He says he wants to see a blacklist and POI crossover, a two-night event. Elias meets Ray Reddington. <laughs> Ray becomes a POI while Elias shows up on the FBI list. And that would be cool. What, what I was going to say earlier is that Elias... Reminds me of of Red. I've only seen the first four episodes or so of of uh, the Blacklist last season, but what I got from Red was this kind of this know it all attitude that, and he's got very confident. He's, he's got the the dirt on everybody. You know, he knows how to make connections, and so uh, I'm glad that that Doc was able to to uh, share that information that that point of view because I was thinking the same thing, but wasn't sure if I was right or not. That would be nifty. Oh, that would be man, two different networks, same... unfortunately. But man, that would be oh, a crossover yes. event. I would want to see putting them in the same universe. That that could really that could really uh, uh, complicate things on uh, on blacklist. I think I don't know. Yeah. Huh. All righty. All right. Well, we got some feedback this week, and uh, where do we want to start with this? Do you have? I'm not sure what you have on the notes here. Are we starting with Barb, or do you have some things before Barb? Let's start with Barb. All right. Let's uh, listen to Barb. She had some audio feedback. Here it is. Hi, Daryl and Doug. This is Barb, a.k.a. Tangier14, calling in with feedback on this week's person of interest. I'll give this epi nine pages of missing homework. 
It was chilling in a way to see that the Samaritan machine considered a drug exchange irrelevant and folks walking along the street holding hands deviants. So, exactly what is the Samaritan machine really looking for besides our team to kill and a crazy math chick to protect? As soon as I saw Agent Lennox, I thought, she's a bad guy. But when she gave Tracy her phone, I thought I was wrong. Convenient that Studdo Fusco called her number and confirmed my theory. It appears that the Brotherhood is our team's challenge for the first half of the season, and I'm guessing that they will be finib at the midseason break. That means that we will see Malcolm and Dominic again during the next two months, which is fine with me. Great acting by both. I will say that the POI writers got me good with the old, I didn't see that coming. Minnie was Dominic. What did surprise me was that Shaw didn't see through it. I predict that when Dominic finally goes down, it will be, or should be, Shaw to take him out. She deserves that opportunity. That's a hint to the writers. I have to wonder when the kneecapping action will not work. At some point, one of these tough macho bad guys is going to grab his wep weapon after going down and fire. I am actually surprised it hasn't happened yet. I'm glad it hasn't, but I'm surprised. My Beat the Machine prediction for this week is about the second half of this season and beyond. The exchanges between Harold and Elias were particularly interesting. Elias now knows that Harold's world has changed dramatically and is frightening enough for the team to go underground with new identities. Elias is an incredibly intelligent underworld boss. I think he will heed Harold's invisible man hint and maintain his cover, but I also believe that he will seek to learn about this power and what it can do for him. He's definitely intrigued, and that could cause a dramatic change in this strange bedfellow alliance truce between Elias and Harold. That's it for this week. This is Barb signing out, and thanks to both of you for all your work on this podcast. I'm really enjoying it. Well, thanks, Barb. You know what? I uh, I, I like that uh, thought about Elias making more of this uh, combination with uh, with Finch, being you know, being his kind of invisible hand. You know, um, Elias is one to take advantage of a situation, and if he believes, if well, he sees that Finch believes that everything's changed. He's got to go underground and whatnot. And and when Finch needs Elias's help. It's going to be he because he really needs help. Before, you know, Finch was a little more uh, self-sufficient, but now Elias has got him over a barrel. Because if I don't help you, well, buddy, you're you're really stuck. So now, what can you do for me? Mm -hmm. I think we're yeah, that's true. I think we're going to see a little more of that. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Good insight, Barb. And, and I, I like her thought, too, when they do figure out that Minnie is actually Dominique, it seems yes. like. Shaw <laughs> uh, <laughs> needs to be the one. Shaw needs to be the one. That's right. Yeah. Well, Doc, Doc H., who is in the chat room, as so is Barb. It's great. They're all right here. Mm -hmm. Doc H. Uh, gave his review. He said, uh, nice to see they haven't let up the pace since the season premiere. No simple case of the week yet. Every new show is so mythos-heavy this year, almost like Sweeps Week. But that isn't for a few more weeks in early November. I like that they're rolling Elias back into the mix with grandiose statements like, You owe me. Yeah, see, I think that's where we're going to see uh, mm -hmm. him try to extract some of that. Uh, he goes on, They just might write him forward as the heavy or the next Greer. 
I doubt that Elias will get as bad as Greer, however. Elias may just wind up being the devil on Finch's shoulder, whispering in his ear, Do it. Do it. I can see that. Plunging Harold into the dark side of his new lot in life, where his typically high moral standards waver a bit, and he questions his own ethics. We have already seen hints of that in the past half-dozen episodes. The Brotherhood is showing signs of becoming the next major organizational bad guy outside of the Samaritan plotline or another HR, but just on the gangsta or mob side of the equation. The thing about this, other than the Aesop fable morality play with the young man, was that the storytelling was great. I usually see the final twist coming, but this one had me snookered and delighted. Cheers! And, uh, and Doc, I must say that I... I think people ought to use the word snookered more often. <laughs> Isn't it like a type of pool with a bigger table? It's something like that, yes. There's a game called Snooker, but uh, but yeah. More balls. I think we need to, yeah, we need uh, we need more snookering. More snookering. Well, so so far the count is POI riders four, viewing <laughs> audience zero. zero. <laughs> That's counting me, you, Barb, and, and Doc so far. All of us were snookered, as it were. <laughs> good idea, good good insight, Doc. Thank you for that. Well, also joining us in the chat room and giving us feedback is Todd. Todd says, Hi, Daryl and Doug. Todd here to send my feedback for this week's episode of Person of Interest. And then he I love Todd's feedback because he gives them in points like point one, two, etc., which means I can read them a little bit easier. So point one. Wow. Didn't expect a pop culture reference. As esteemed as Minecraft. <laughs> uh, number two, I love Person of Interest. It is my second favorite t TV show of all time. And it feels really good to be with you gentlemen today talking about it. I wonder what nice his number one is. Is it Fringe or is it Lost or is it something else? Todd, let us know. He's in, the, he's in the chat room here. All right, number three. One of the great things that is prominent in Person of Interest is the soundtrack. While the score is brilliant... I'm talking about the copyrighted music throughout the series, especially Johnny Cash's Hurt in The Devil's Share and the ending of Death Benefit. It makes me believe that these songs were made for POI because of how well they fit the episode. And he, I completely agree. And that, that use of that song was on my... They, they always hit it out of the park with those, but that one was brilliantly done. Loved that one when they, when they used that Johnny Cash song. All right, number four. Four, yes, number four. No Root or Bear this episode, which makes me curious about what the writers will do with Root's character next episode. We did get a little bit of Bear this episode, right? He chewed up the term papers. There you go. Yeah, but not, not a whole lot. Uh, number five. It's nice to get back to the number of the week. Last season was focusing mainly on developing the Samaritan storyline, so it's good to take it slow for now. That's all for now. Until next time, this is Todd in Illinois doing my laundry somewhere else. <laughs> Not at that laundromat. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly need to relocate. That's right. These clothes smell funny. What uh, what uh, laundry basket did you put them in? Yeah, exactly. Why You don't want to go through like airport security with those clothes on. <laughs> yes, really. You're going to get a false positive. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a bomb. It's not a bomb. It's just a little heroin in my clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, we have a, a fee, some feedback from Andrew, who's not in the chat room, Andrew. Don't forget. Andrew Thursday just night. broke the pattern. Thanks, Andrew. Thursday, Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. GoldenSpiralMedia.com slash live. Next week. 
All righty, we'll be expecting you. But here's what he says this week. Chris Fisher tweeted that he was inspired to make the Finch-Elias meeting, quote, as charged and mysterious as possible, close quote. And I think they were. By the time Malcolm offered his service to the Brotherhood, I realized that charged was an apt description for the whole episode. Similar to Nautilus, there was a lot of movement, plus the urgency and freshness brought on by the circumstances of this season. The DEA mole twist has been a point of criticism, but it didn't bother me. Criticism? I didn't it didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I had an inkling that Lennox was the mole, but I also doubted it, a la the prestige. So it was a good play in that regard. What's interesting about that dynamic is she and Reese were both working undercover. I didn't expect that Lennox was also double-crossing the Brotherhood or Minnie's true identity. I wonder if the mole twist worked as a kind of misdirection, like Finch advising Carter to lie on one of the baseline questions for the polygraph. Mm. Looking forward to the quotes you guys will be incorporating this time around. Thank you, Andrew. Yes, uh, there was another one. POI Writers 5, viewer 0. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we didn't get Todd's input on whether or not he uh, was duped by it, but we'll pretend that he snookered. was. Snookered. Yeah, snookered. Snookered, sorry. Didn't mean to use another word that was equally appropriate. <laughs> the, 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 the vocabulary word of the week, kids, is snookered. Uh, <laughs> sorry, a little Pee Wee's Playhouse flashback I was say, there. Is that Pee Wee Herman? Yeah. Reference? Okay. <laughs> Okay, lots of great feedback, and folks, if you would like to have your feedback on the show, either voice, which is even better, or writing, which is just fine, get it to us by Thursday at about 6 or so, maybe a little later. We can, you know, can we check the uh, emails and stuff like that. You can call on your phone, and your cell phone that's tracking you everywhere you go, 304-837-2278, or you can go to, this is the real easy part, goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. Now there you can type in some text and send it to us, or you can create your own audio file with whatever you know thing you've got and upload it there. Or if you don't have any snazzy little audio program that's on your computer or your tablet or your phone or whatever, there's a speak pipe which you just click on that, it'll turn on your computer speaker and off you go. We are also on Twitter. Uh, the official POI podcast Twitter account is POI Podcast GSM, and he is Mar Darrell, M-A-R-D-A-R-R-E-L-L, and I am at Doug Payton, Doug P-A-Y-T-O-N, just so you know. And we have a Facebook group. I would give you the URL, but I don't think you'll remember it. I think it's easier to search for Person of Interest Podcast, and you'll find it. Poof. <laughs> and yes, it's great. It's fantastic. Searching. I love it. Who thought of it? And you can also become a a fan of the Golden Spiral Media Facebook page. And because, why would you do that? Well, because all of the GSM family of podcasts post there when they have a new episode out. So that's the place to be and talk about your favorite episodes. Indeed. We mentioned Constantine coming up. This uh, The first episode will be out uh, Friday, probably the day you're listening to this. And of course that series starts a week from Friday. We have all kinds of great podcasts. You can find all of those over at golden slash podcasts. And by the way, Todd has said that he also was snickered writers, six viewers, zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Alive. That was yeah. good. That was good. So, you know, a hundred percent of us. Yep. We were all snookered. I want to use another word, but now I feel like 
peer pressure is directing me in one direction. And if I choose any other direction, then I'm going to be thrown out the back of a black SUV. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, Hopefully you cleaned it up first. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, Doug, it has been fun that podcasting with you here tonight. But before we go, we do want to give the little teaser about next week's episode, right? Just a little one. Ah, here's what it says. This is the, and I like, again, we're going we're gonna to have one of these uh, titles that's got a double meaning. Mm -hmm. uh, profits. Now, when I say that, I don't mean the cash that corporations make on the things they sell. I'm talking about profits, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S. Yep. We have a couple of machines that are prophesying what's going to come next, and so they can anticipate things that are going to happen. But this is also... Well, let me tell you, Finch is suspicious when a gifted political pollsters number comes up. At the same time, his typically ironclad predictions go wrong and believes the two events are linked. <laughs> Meanwhile, Reese is sidelined by a direct order from Captain Moreno. Ooh, sidelined. So he, again, can't just go running off and protecting numbers somewhere. Mm, Captain Moreno's back. I like that. Yes. The guest star next week is Jason Ritter. He's playing the pollster Simon Lee. And we have seen him before. I have seen him before. You might mm -hmm. have seen him before, too. Uh, he's been on things like The Event. I love that that show, The Event. It was only well, one season and kind of a one-hit wonder. It didn't quite do very well. But yep. uh, he was kind of one of the main characters on that. And he's been on Parenthood and Joan of Arcadia, etc., etc. But, uh, yeah, so he's... Uh, 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 a big so we got a big name here. Yeah, relatively big name. Well, he's John um, Ritter's son. Yes, that's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Alrighty, and uh, let me see. Anybody else? I was looking at the list, but I don't think uh, uh, we have a, a newscast host. We have a woman with a list. We have <laughs> all these, all these <laughs> women with a list. Yeah, that's don't right. they always? I mean, I don't know about your wife, but mine always has a list. Ah, yeah. <laughs> of one sort or another. Now. This is interesting. Recurring cast. I don't know if this is spoilery. Sometimes they list people here and they don't show up, but sometimes they list uh, John Nolan as Greer, Brett Cullen as Ingram. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So that would be cool if we uh, if we brought them in uh, mm -hmm. this time around. This would be great. We'll find out next week. Same POI time. Same POI channel. <laughs> uh, that'll work. That'll work. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Person of Interest Podcast. I can't wait for next week. It'll be a whole lot of fun watching the episode and then talking about it with Doug. Join us on the live show. We've mentioned it twice already. It's worth mentioning again. 8 o'clock Eastern Time, Thursday nights, goldenspiralmedia.com slash live. You can watch us. We'll be live streaming it, and you can join us in the chat room as well. And until then, thank you again for listening. And uh, until next time, I'm Daryl, and uh, steer clear of guys named Minnie. Mm -hmm. And I'm Doug saying if your number comes up, we hope there's a man with a plan in a suit watching over you, keeping you from getting snookered. <laughs> Nicely worked in one last time. <laughs>